What do you look for in a pastor? What do you expect when your pastor stands up to preach? Listen, there can be no substitute for the forthright, faithful proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul's sermon in Acts 13 serves as a standard for what our message to the world should be. It's centered on the death and resurrection of Christ. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. This lesson is called, The Disappearance of Preaching. I heard some time ago of a pastor who decided to cut out the sermon and give people a a 20-minute service, a couple of prayers, a couple of hymns, communion, the benediction, and people were on their way home for lunch. I heard an interview uh, not too long ago with another pastor whose church has more than 10,000 members. He told a reporter that he no longer wanted to be called a a preacher. He wanted to be called a communicator. Uh, That was a more sophisticated title for him. I couldn't help but think of the Apostle Paul who told young Pastor Timothy, I was appointed a preacher, 1 Timothy 2.7. Later, he wrote to Timothy urging him in 2 Timothy 4.2 to preach the word. And by the way, that wasn't a suggestion that was a command. To forsake the preaching of the Word of God is to abandon the central function of the church gathering. In fact, it neglects the central focus of the mission of the church today to preach the Word. Well, now here in Acts chapter 13, Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark uh, sail to the mainland of Asia Minor, that's modern-day Turkey, and they eventually make it to the city of Antioch of Pisidia in the province of Galatia. Now, before they launch their mission here, verse 13 delivers this rather alarming announcement here that John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Well, this is, this is John Mark, or simply Mark, as we'll come to know him. He's the cousin of Barnabas, according to Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10. He's going to eventually write the gospel of Mark. But at this point in his life, he quits. He literally leaves Paul and Barnabas in the lurch. And his failure is going to lead to an argument over in Acts chapter 15 that's going to split this missionary team apart, and more on that later. Well, now, Paul and Barnabas begin their ministry on the Sabbath day. They don't just barge into the synagogue. They wait on God to open the door for ministry, and the door opens in the synagogue here, we're told, in verse 15. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people— say it. Now, it's possible that they'd heard that Paul was a graduate student under the great rabbi Gamaliel. By the way, keep in mind that Paul doesn't have a New Testament passage to preach from. He's he's going to open the Old Testament and preach from a text. We don't have to guess uh, what he said because we have some of his sermon manuscript here in verse 16. Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. 
and with uplifted arm he led them out of it. And for about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. (laughs) This is an interesting description of God's relationship with Israel, isn't it? God put up with them. Sounds like what God has to do with me from time to time. Maybe maybe today uh, you're struggling with how God seems to be managing uh, your life. Maybe you're unhappy with how God is running your universe. Maybe today you're complaining like the nation Israel did in the wilderness. Would you admit today that, that God is having to put up with you? Wouldn't it be better to say, you know, God is partnering with me today as I obey him and trust him. Let's live like that today. Well, Paul's going to continue preaching here. He's referring now in verse 22 to Israel's beloved King David. God raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Now, at this point, Paul introduces the son of David, their Messiah and Redeemer. He he rather boldly declares here in verse 23, of David's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Now, this is a shocking statement to make here in a synagogue. Jesus is the Messiah. Well, now Paul immediately calls to the witness stand the prophet John the Baptist. John has agreed that Jesus is the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Paul continues here in verse 27 with a reminder of what the nation did to Jesus. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. Paul is saying they heard the scriptures read every Saturday in the synagogue, but they they missed it. They didn't recognize how the prophetic fingers were all pointing to Jesus. And by the way, uh, the Jewish people as a whole and, and most of the Gentile world to this day is still missing him. They might even, you know, hear a Bible story every so often. They might celebrate Christmas and have a little manger scene, but they don't truly recognize the Savior. Oh, let me tell you, here's the truth. The human race has the ability to hear but not listen. I can do that sometimes. My wife asks me to take out the garbage, and I hear her, but I'm not really listening to her, and that can get me into trouble. How about you? Listen, everybody, even we as Christians, get into trouble when we refuse to truly listen to God's Word. A biblical truth maybe maybe gets a little too convicting. It challenges us to do something, stop something, change something. Well, we can, we can close our ears in self-defense. We can tune it out and miss the truth we need to apply to our lives. Paul's generation missed the Messiah. How tragic it was that they didn't want to, to really listen to the living word, the Lord Jesus. Now, Paul doesn't stop there. He continues now in verse 30. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. Again, this is 
shocking news in the synagogue. The Messiah isn't a dead man. He's a resurrected Lord. And with that declaration, Paul wraps up his preaching now with with this rather stunning application. Verse 38, he says, through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Well, after the sermon's finished, uh, the people all come up and beg him to preach again. And let me tell you, that's a nice compliment for any preacher. So the next Sabbath rolls around. Verse 44 tells us, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Oh, listen, this is turning into a massive evangelistic rally. This place is packed. It has standing room only. They're spilling out into the street. Well, the Jewish leaders aren't aren't too excited about this. Verse 45 tells us that they begin to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him, and I'm sorry to say they were successful. But that doesn't slow Paul and Barnabas down. They both speak out here with boldness. Verse 46, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, but since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. By the way, this becomes the missionary pattern. They proclaim to the Jewish people that Jesus is their Messiah, and when those People reject the truth, and most of them do. The apostles shift their focus to the Gentiles. And let me tell you, the Gentiles were really glad to hear the preaching of the gospel to them. And even though many Gentiles believe the gospel, verse 50 unfortunately tells us the Jews stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Well, let me tell you what's left in their wake. Verse 52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In his commentary, John Phillips writes, they might be able to drive out the servants of God, but they could not drive out the Spirit of God. There are two questions that strike me by way of application from this passage The first question is this, are are we as believers demanding that God's word be preached in our churches today? Or are we complacently sitting there watching the disappearance of the preaching of God's word from our churches today? Secondly, is God putting up with us or is he partnering with us as we take our gospel to the world. Hey, let's partner with the Lord as we live for him today. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson, The Disappearance of Preaching. Stephen will be back in Acts next time as he continues this journey through the Bible. I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone. Once you do, you can take this Bible teaching ministry wherever you go. From the very beginning of this ministry, Stephen has said that we're empowered by prayer. We're convinced that that's true. 
Our desire is to provide Bible teaching resources that are faithful to Scripture. As the Word of God goes forth, the Spirit of God takes the truth of His Word and uses it to bring about true and lasting change. That's why prayer is so important. Life change is only something God can do. So I invite you to join our global prayer team and pray for us. You'll find information about the global prayer team at wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Each week we pray for a different country where our resources are being accessed and people's lives are being changed. We also want to pray for you. We have a team of people who pray for the requests that come in. When you visit that website, there is a form that you can use to send your prayer request. Once again, that's wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Visit there today, then join us back here next time to continue the wisdom journey.